This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And subscribe. We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard radio <laughs> here on WHCR 90.3 FM. Shout out to Stanley, who is only playing Beyonce, Lemonade, and Prince for the entire show. Stanley, I don't say this ever. I love you today for the soundtrack, okay? Maybe Selena's a loser. <laughs> She doesn't drink whiskey or rum. I don't. She doesn't drink hard liquor. All right. Because Selena doesn't want to have fun. I was so <laughs> wasted Friday night. Oh, my God. But while you were wasted Friday night, I was actually speaking to youth at Columbia University. That sounds and boring. How- <laughs> it is boring. Yeah. No, it was, it was know, a I- great experience. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> yeah, right? I was binge drinking like I a real was, G. I was... I, it was very fulfilling. What did I do Friday night? I don't you remember. Don't remember. I, remember. I can't yeah. even remember. You, guys you know why? Crazy. Like because we were drinking like adults. You know what I was doing <laughs> yesterday? Mar- while Marilyn watched the Beyonce video and glared at me, I just pounded whiskey. What did I do Friday night? So <laughs> <laughs> listen, still can't know. remember. I yesterday I was actually on oh a- I do know I went to a seder and then I went to my sister's house and you drank there. No, I drank at the seder. Uh, oh yeah, well, and then I drank yesterday at the seder because well, you're American. Speaking of dirty water. Which I do not consume, FYI. Let's just bring it to Flint. Okay, guys? So, again, we are starting the show off talking about the corruption and criminal charges in Flint, Michigan. We are not going to talk about Stanley's possible alcoholic tendencies and alcoholism anymore. Um, By the way, my name is Selena Hill. That's Stanley Fertzen in PC1s and 2s. And Alyssa Fuchs is right on my left. Right on your left? right, Right on my left. If you're watching via Ustream. So, as I mentioned, the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, is once again um, back in national discourse now that criminal charges have been filed against two state employees and a city worker. So, as you guys may recall, earlier this year, we were talking about this case. And it was about two years ago, almost exactly, on April 25th, 2014, when a state-appointed emergency manager in Flint made a horrible decision that has since created a man-made water crisis that has potentially poisoned thousands of people and it has also cast a spotlight on infrastructure issues across the country. So in order to save money in Flint, which, by the way, is the city with the most expensive water in the country, local officials decided to switch the city's drinking water source from the Huron River to the Flint River, despite the fact that the Flint River was being used as dumping grounds for decades. Now, this decision was made without any testing to see if the water from the Flint River was safe for drinking and cleaning. Why? Because they probably really didn't care about <laughs> poor black people. Poor people. <laughs> right. Screw those poor people. Screw that neighborhood, that, that community, which is predominantly black. Right? Who cares? Um, however... Eight days before this switch, back in 2014, Flint Utilities Administrator Michael Glass Grow told a state official that he was not comfortable moving forward with this decision, but he felt pressured by bosses to move ahead. Nonetheless, officials moved forward, and for 18 months, again, that's a year and a half, Flint residents were subjected to tap water that was contaminated with toxic waste because officials failed to add corrosion control treatments that could have prevented lead from leaching out of old plumbing. So basically, um, the corrosive water, it ate into the city's iron and lead pipes, and that's how the lead was able to leach into their drinking water. 
I mean, it was, uh, I don't, it did not take long before a city uh, community residents complained that their water smelled nasty. It tasted nasty. It looked like urine. Some people got rashes. Other people had miscarriages. Other people got really sick. And it's horrible. Meanwhile, during this 18 months, state officials were just brushing off their complaints and insisting that the water was safe, literally telling them, drink it, drink it, it's fine. Um, But but finally, there was an independent study that was conducted that found toxic levels of, of lead in the blood of children. And that's when Governor Rick Snyder, back in October 2015, said, let's switch the supply. These children have lead in their system. It might be time for us to stop covering up this corruption and make some real change. Now that I'm making press. Um So since then, demonstrators have been protesting in Flint, calling for Governor Snyder to either resign or even be arrested. In addition, more than 50 lawsuits have been filed since January. And there was a class action lawsuit where residents were saying they suffered skin lesions, hair loss, vision loss, memory loss, depression and anxiety all around. Again, this dirty water, this contaminated, toxic water that was coming out of their pipes. But it looked like no one was really going to pay for this, right? It looked like everyone's like Governor Snyder was going to get a little snap on the, slap on the wrist and just keep working. It, but last week, Michigan, the Michigan Attorney General, he alleged that three men knew that a lack of corrosion control and drinking water was a threat to public health and intentionally tampered with lead level reports to cover up this fiasco. Hmm, that means these three people, again, two state employees and one city official, they are being criminally prosecuted right now. Governor should be criminally prosecuted. I mean, no, Alyssa, yeah, Alyssa is absolutely right. And um, we have a great guest on the line, and we're going to talk about why the governor has not had any charges filed against him. I'm in jail. And what these charges really mean. So we're welcoming back to the show Naira Sharif. She is the co-founder and the coordinator of the Flint Democracy Defense League, which was founded in 2011 following the appointment of Flint's first emergency manager. Welcome back, Naira. Right. Again, guys, if you are just tuning in, we are speaking with Naira Sharif. She is the co-founder and coordinator of the Flint Democracy Defense League. She is on the ground in Flint and has been very active um, ever since this water switch happened and residents in our community um, started being poisoned. Excuse me. Um, Yes, Alyssa? Yeah, no, Naira, I actually wanted to know, do you have any indication as to why it's these other officials and that the governor, nobody's prosecuting the governor, or will there will be more criminal charges potentially going to be filed that the governor may be actually prosecuted for, or is he just getting off the hook on this altogether? Well, we're not sure yet. Um, the Attorney General, Bill Schuette, said that everything's on the table, but Snyder has not been um, brought in to he's spoken to yet. So I'm kind of hopeful, but um, the attorney general is a Republican. And originally he was not going to bring up any charges. And he only changed his mind after the FBI and the Department of Justice launched their own investigations into this crisis. Guys, if you have a question or a comment about this investigation, the number is 212-650-6903. I actually wanted to um, talk about what one Flint resident said to CNN. Now, she believes that the contaminated water caused her to have two miscarriages, and she told CNN that, 
um, holding these three officials accountable is only a start and that she won't rest until the governor is charged. Um, Naira, do people do people do you think that other people need to be held accountable or do you think that just holding these three officials accountable, uh, it could be like a scapegoat mechanism? Uh, if if it's only these three and it doesn't go higher up on the food chain, um, it is a scapegoat me- mechanism. It's just sacrificial lamb to try to appease like residents and trying to deceive like the public that they're actually doing something about it. So there needs to be everyone who was responsible for this and did not do anything used to have um, faced the consequences. Right. Um, no, no, I, I agree. And it's funny because Governor Snyder, he actually dismissed the charges as, and I quote, bad decisions by bureaucrats. And he also said that they lack, quote, common sense. Um, is there strong enough evidence to support these accusations that the authorities are guilty of illegal conduct? Or is it that protesters are trying to criminalize the government's poor performance in handling this crisis? Well, I think it's... Um a bit of both because um, with some of the email dumps, and unfortunately, Michigan is one of the two states in the nation where the executive office is exempt from FOIA requests. But um, some of the curated ones, emails that were dumped and made public, show that people knew and they were just very slow to respond or they weren't really interested in responding because we're a poor black community that had an emergency manager. Right. I do understand that we have a guest on the line who would like to let their voice be heard. We have Miss Deborah calling in. Um, we'll take a call now. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. Hi. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of confused. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not confused, but I'm saying this young woman has lost two of her children. And she, sometimes I think we get the wordings mixed up because being charged and being convicted are two different things. And, you know, sometimes I think we're kind of light on the words when we talk about these things. I mean, we have to know what we're talking about. These people need to be put in jail for a very, very long time. A very long time, because what they did is irreversible. So, you know, people really need to talk and stop talking up underneath their tongue and say what you're going to say. And if it doesn't mean anything, then don't talk. Because this man, I mean, it's, you know what it's like to me? It's almost like having a bullet, and you, you have it pointed one way, and, 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 and you're playing with water. You know, like those water pistols in Coney Island? And then all of a sudden, you move it to the right, and you say, no, we don't want to put the fresh water in there. Let's put the, the poison water over here. And, but meanwhile, you know, everybody's just drinking, and I, don't, and, and I want us to be more mindful. If something smells bad... And if it's yellow, that's not water. Mm, absolutely. Thank absolutely. you so much. Okay. Thank Have you. a great day. Thank, Thank you, Miss Deborah. Deborah. I actually just wanted to respond to that. Miss Deborah, you kind of took my comment um, right out of my mouth, which is that, yeah, a charge is not a conviction. And so, yeah, it's nice to see that some people have been charged. It would ni- be nicer to see more people being held accountable and potentially, as I said, seeing the governor and even higher officials being charged. But even the charges alone don't necessarily mean there's going to be a conviction. I mean, there's going to be 
you know, multiple hearings, potentially a trial, even assuming they are convicted of what they're being charged with. There may be an appeal. There may be post-conviction motions. And, you know, at the end of the day, you may end up in a situation where if these people are even convicted of anything, they don't ever end up going to jail. I mean, uh, not to distract or to digress, but if you could literally shoot a man in a stairwell in New York City and not go to jail, then, you know, because you're a government official, then why do we think think any of these people are going to actually go to jail because I don't. And I think anybody who does is probably, you know, kidding themselves. We'd like that. I just don't foresee it ever happening. I want to give um, I want to get Nayira's response to that. And I also just want to throw in the question, Nayira. Um, so why isn't the emergency manager who made the decision to make the switch being charged? And that's a good question. Um, to my knowledge, like there has there they may not even be charges because of the law. Um, the law gives them an indemnity clause where if even if they're found for um, criminal responsibility, they may not even face the consequences. So that's going to be something for the court to figure out. But I think that there should at least be charges because, I mean, even charges with the fact that for two years we could not break the media barrier, even the fact that we are getting charges is in some in some way, like a victory for the fact that there was wrongdoing. And there's also a bunch of like civil lawsuits too. So hopefully like, I don't care whichever one's the quickest and our governor needs to resign and they cooperate with the authorities. And hopefully that's going to lead to some jail time. You know, just regarding the civil lawsuits, I just find it interesting because the whole reason that the city of Flint made the water was switched anyway was because of budgetary problems. So now if you're suing the city of Flint because of injuries that you suffer as a result of the water, there's still no money to pay you. You may win that lawsuit and you may still walk away with nothing because where are they going to get the money from? They didn't have the money to begin with. That's why they changed the water supply. So they still don't have the money now. And now they don't even have the money to fix it. And they're not going to have the money to pay out the lawsuits even if they win. I'm just putting that out there because I do lawsuits for a living and you can't get money out of a stone meaning if there's no money there you can't get anything that's, that's a really good yeah. comment Alyssa and I just want to ask a question because obviously Governor Snyder is too stupid to resign what, is, what, are, the, what are the options in recalling him are you allowed to do a recall election in Flint or in Michigan pardon uh, me yes uh, there is a recall going on right now I'm not sure where they're at with the signatures but that is an ongoing campaign right now Well, speaking of Governor Snyder, instead of resigning, he actually took a vow to drink Flint water at home and at work for at least 30 days. Uh, Nayara, I want to get your reaction to that. I mean, is that good enough? Well, that's extremely laughable because right now the governor is taking a week-long trip to Europe. So it only lasted five days. Oh, that's good. You know, when I told Stanley that, he was like, first he was like, what? And then the first, you know what the first thing he said to me was? He said, that's offensive. I agree. You know, I mean, you're not doing anything to fix the problem. You didn't do anything to begin with. You caused the problem. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to drink the water with a filter. That is offensive. It's literally a slap in the face. You should resign. That's what he should do. No, you are absolutely right. And, you know, Nayira, we are right there with you when it comes to advocating and, you know, pushing for the people of Flint and getting Governor Snyder to resign. Uh, before we let you go, I know it's been six months since the switch. Um, I'm hearing reports that the water is still unsafe to drink, even with, I mean, it's unsafe to drink with unfiltered tap water. What else is going on on the ground? 
Well, we're still living our lives with bottled water. Um, there is no door-to-door water delivery system, so people have to get in a car and drive around try to get water for their basic needs. Uh, it's, for many people, showering is unsafe because they're still breaking out in rashes and passing out and their hair is falling out. And, like, that's still, that's still ongoing. We still don't know where the Legionnaires is coming from, the Legionella bacteria. So we're, we're still suffering and... Like, we don't want to live our, our lives with bottled water. We want to be made whole. And right now we're in the middle of a budget fight in the state and trying to get the money that we need to, like, fix the pipes and really create, like, some sense of normalcy along Flint residents. Now, Yara, how can our listeners follow you and support the city of Flint and the community and the um, other activists like yourself? Well, um my Twitter handle is at Nayara Sharif, which is N-A-Y-Y-I-R-A-H-S-H-A-R-I-F-F. And we're also part of, I'm also part of a new coalition called Flint Rising, which um, is made up of community organizations and like larger partners, statewide partners, to really uh, do like through an organizing lens to gain reparations for our city. So having like a hundred percent refund for these water bills that we're still getting water bills for poison water. And then also long-term medical monitoring and infrastructure replacement was a uh, flip hand. Wow. So you can follow that on, on Twitter and Facebook at Flint rising. Thank you so much again, Ayira, for joining us here on Let Your Voice Be Heard to talk about this crisis. But she's not just talking the talk. She is on the ground each and every day fighting for the rights of, of, of the people of Flint. And water is a right. It's essential. We need it to survive. On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but we will continue the discussion about Flint and America's crumbling water infrastructure right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. The Where we're partying like it's 1999. Yes. Word. We are partying like it's 1999. Rest in peace, Prince. Rest in purple. Rest in purple and in power. One of the greatest of our generation. Um so we just wrapped up a conversation with Nayira Sharif. She is one of she's a prominent activist in Flint, Michigan, on the ground there. And we were talking about the criminal charges that have been filed against two state employees and one city worker. And as uh, Miss Deborah brought up and Alyssa brought up, again, charges are different from conviction. They could very well walk and just be cleared of all charges, and no one could be held accountable. Yeah. Obviously, we're, we're fighting, protesting, and praying that that's not the case mm-hmm. because people have died, whether it was the babies in that woman's, the unborn babies in that woman's stomach. Legionnaire's disease. Right, like in Legionnaire's disease. That's true. And, you know, Stanley's actually going to Flint next week, so I want to get your comments, Stanley, because you'll be there. Yeah, so actually I'm going to Flint Friday. I'll be there Friday and Saturday with the New York Urban League Young Professionals, our um, messing ambassadors to hopefully help pass hot water. Speak to some of the people on the ground and recruit some people to join, get involved with the New York Urban League, which has a chapter out there in Flint, Michigan. And I'm excited to go out there, honestly, just to speak to the people who are there and see what they're going through. I'm, I'm really confused as to how there was never an environmental impact assessment done in that area. As in, Governor Snyder's claiming he's drinking the water, but then people still can't even shower in the water from fear of breaking out or even worse, getting lesions on their body that actually hurt them. So I'm just very frustrated about this entire process. And, um, 
I want to do my part to make sure that this story does not just fall away and out of the news cycle. No, and that's what we're doing here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. But, you know, the current crisis in Flint over the potentially toxic levels of uh, lead in the city's water, it actually serves um, a larger purpose at drawing attention to the nation's aging water infrastructure. Um, There are some estimates that more than $1 trillion in upgrades are needed in this vast system of mostly underground pipes. So there is actually a report done and released by the American Water Works Association that states that much of our drinking water infrastructure is nearing the end of of its useful life and approaching the age at which it needs to be replaced. And because we have uh, our shifting uh, population brings significant growth to some areas of the country, this is requiring larger pipe networks to provide water service. So the thing is, when these pipes were built in the 20th century and the 19th century, they were durable for like 100 years. But we are definitely reaching the end of this time. But the thing is, we're not putting like any focus, any resources, any attention in this problem. So expect to see Flint uh, instances of, of, of what happened in Flint, Michigan, other parts of the country. And I'll talk about some examples. I know Alyssa and Stanley wanted to chime in. No, no, you can give your examples. So what I wanted to talk about in relation to just them not having an infrastructure, we have a deadlock in Congress right now in the Senate where they don't want to vote on legitimate infrastructure legislation. They don't want to spend any money, things. period. They don't want to spend any money unless and it's they on think banning that we abortions have... or blocking gay people from using the bathroom, um, trans people from using the bathroom. They think we should have more tax cuts because we yeah. can really pay for things when we cut taxes even further. Do people not realize that infrastructure spending gets paid for by revenues? Revenues yes. are taxes. When tax money is not coming in and we are cut, 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 cutting, then not only are, is the deficit going up because money is being spent that we don't have that increases the debt, although President Obama has done a pretty good job of trying to reduce the deficit, the debt is still ballooning. But the fact of the matter is, is putting that the debt and the deficit aside, if you want to pay for stuff like crumbling infrastructure and pipes so that everybody in America doesn't get lead poisoning, they need to have money to pay for that. If there's no money, then there's no money to pay for that. Like, taxes are aren't these magical unicorn things that you just pay. I mean, like, they actually go to pay for stuff. And, it, like, these pipes are one of the things they pay for. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, there's another estimate that about 1.7 trillion gallons of water are wasted every year due to a lack of pipe replacement, broken and leaky pipes. So this is, it's actually costing us money because we're not investing in infrastructure and in new pipes. And there's also another quote that I want to give that was um, by Susan Story. She's the president and CEO of American Water Works. And she said, and I quote, in this country, 44% of America's water infrastructure will be considered poor, very poor, or life elapsed. That's a big deal. And you know what happens when we don't invest in new pipes and new infrastructure? Sometimes we get water main breaks. And that actually happened in February of last year. So it was um, in February 2015 when the Hollywood's Hill section of Los Angeles experienced a significant episode. And what happened was over 100,000 100,000 gallons of water leaked into the area. What happened? Cars were submerged for hours. Homes were flooded. And basically, the culprit here was 
aging water mains. This is um, and that actually dated back to 1926. So again, this is an example of something that's happening all over our country, and we're going to experience and keep seeing the results. You know, not for nothing, um, California is currently experiencing a drought. So when you have a water main break and there's water pouring out everywhere and people are literally trying to conserve water, like that's not helpful at all. Yeah, to the point that they actually had to start putting like noted, like putting the list of people who are wasting water out publicly in Beverly Hills and Hollywood because the people, the super rich, would not conserve their water like they were being asked to. But I want to, I don't want to talk about California or Hollywood or all these rich people who ha- can afford to waste water. Let's talk about Newark, New Jersey, where Chris Christie's gross incompetence has helped over a thousand students in Newark public schools be contaminated by lead. Water and right, right here in New York City yes. as well. Right so, here, New, also right here in New York City. Um, I want to mention Grant Houses, Frederick Douglass Houses. All those kids in that area, they did a survey to test the kids, and apparently there's some sort of leakage in in nitro pipes because 35 percent of the kids tested had some kind of lead traces of lead in their system. So you know, so Stanley, you said something very important. You said Newark, New Jersey, which we know is um, you know. Uh, predominantly people of color, very mm-hmm. poor, high crime rate. So you're saying they also have this water issue. Can you elaborate? Yeah, so pretty much what happened was that there was some complaints about children not feeling well, having some lesions on their skin, and parents started to complain, felt like there was something wrong with the water. Chris Christie, of course, said there was nothing wrong with the water. I'm not sure what the mayor of Newark said, so I will not try to make up a quote for him. But what they came to find out was that there was actually lead contamination in that water system, and not just like exclusively at that school, but actually through the town. So now... Now, I think it's around 70,000 people, don't quote me, I may be slightly off with those numbers, have been contaminated with lead water. And this is not something we're talking about happening in Mississippi or Alabama. It's in Newark. I could ride my bike to Newark right now in 45 minutes. Right. No, this is stuff that's happening right here. And what you're seeing is right now it's predominantly happening in poor communities. But, and, and you know, obviously that have the oldest, the oldest pipes and need the most money spent uh, to upgrade. But ultimately... At the end of the day, the water system is all connected, and so what you're going to start to see eventually is this going to start happening everywhere. It's going to happen in poor communities. It's going to happen in rich communities. And, of course, I can guarantee you that when it starts happening in the rich communities, that's when people are going to start paying attention. Nobody's paying attention now, or at least not enough people are paying attention to this because it's not affecting the type of people that have the political pull and the political power to get anything done. But mark my words, when this starts affecting white upper-class communities, People are going to be in an uproar about it. And then we're going to look back on this and go, oh, look, stuff's getting done now. What a surprise. And you know, Alyssa, if we continue to delay this problem and delaying this investment, what's going to happen is it's going to result in degrading water service, increasing water service disruptions, and increasing expenditures for emergency repairs. So basically, we're all... (laughs) Basically, we're all going to expenditures. Yes, expenditures, and we're all going to suffer um, from this as a nation. Like it's, it, it can right now can happen in isolated, concentrate, concentrated communities, but we're all going to suffer as taxpayers, and our grandchildren are definitely going to suffer because if everything just keeps building up and things keep breaking, we're going to have to pay for the damage it causes instead of using some of this money that we spend on war and locking people up in the war on drugs. Um. 
so we're all gonna we're all gonna suffer. What we also need to be, need to be very mindful of is aggressive stupidity. This is what aggressive stupidity gets you. It gets you Flint, Michigan. It gets you Newark, New Jersey. It gets you Hollywood because you have people who are gross and egregious idiots who are in power because people are, are either not paying attention or they're making uneducated votes. So you can have a Chris Christie there who supports Donald Trump and then does not care about his own people and who will not invest in infrastructure spending that screws over the rest of us. I hate to say it, but there's so many people out there that vote for Republicans because they vote on social conservative issues about which bathroom somebody's using or who's marrying who down the street that doesn't affect them at all. But meanwhile, the same politicians that they put in office because they were voting on those socially conservative issues, those politicians are literally screwing them over when it comes to spending money and being, you know, quote unquote, fiscally conservative, which this isn't because as Selena points out, it's like, why don't we spend the money now versus waiting till everything breaks down and fails and then we have to spend twice as much money to fix it. So this isn't socially conservative either. So you get in this position where, you know what, keep voting these idiots into office because, oh my God, somebody who was born a woman who's now a man goes in the bathroom with you. And let me be, be, be very clear. It's not just Republicans. It's, it's these pay-as-you-go Democrats who don't That's fear being elected out of office and don't do their jobs. And we have a whole bunch of lame duck, waste of space Democrats in New York State who need to lose their jobs as well and we need to stop cutting them slack because guess what there's gonna be no water in the bathroom at all for you to use if you keep voting on stupid stuff i will happily take a democrat and make them lose their job keep playing with us um i just want to put a number on this because as documented in the report that i've been speaking about um so it says that restoring existing water systems as they reach the end of their useful lives and expanding them to serve um as populations continue to grow will cost at least one trillion dollars with a t over the next 25 years if we are to maintain current levels of water service. So again, this is going to affect who? Us as taxpayers. And it's something that, again, we need more attention. We need more advocacy around. And we, we need more investment. And as Alyssa and Stanley point out, our elected officials who should know better should be doing better, but they're not. They're not doing anything when it comes to this issue. And honestly, our grandchildren are going to pay the price. And not for nothing, this would create jobs. People keep talking about we need jobs. We need good paying jobs. These are good paying jobs. These are jobs that are skilled jobs that you need, you know, either skilled or partially skilled workers. And even some of these jobs in building new water infrastructure and laying down new pipes will involve jobs that you don't need to have a lot of skills for. I mean, like, you know, not for nothing. You want to make a good living putting in a hard day's work, shoveling out a street so that new pipes can be laid. That's still, yeah, you're going to work hard, but you're still going to take away a good paycheck at the end of the day, even with very little skills or low education. So, like, this is a way to provide not only skilled jobs, but to provide jobs to people that don't have a lot of skills. But if you could work a shovel and you could dig, then you could take home a paycheck and feed your family. So, like, you know, it's going to help that situation also. And it just doesn't make sense why we're not doing it right now. No, you guys are absolutely right. I just wanted to ask if you had any final words, comments, 30 seconds. Um, Stanley? I'll be in Flint next week. That's all I'm going to say. I'll be in Flint next week. I think I said everything I needed to say. Thank you. No, thank you for that. So, you know, again, taking it back to Flint and to the question of why and how does this happen in America, um, more than 40% of the population in Flint are under the poverty level. 
30% are illiterate, and the violent crime level is amongst the highest in the country. Meanwhile, this city, this community, is nearly two-thirds black. I mean, we have been speaking about instances of environmental racism and injustice here in this show forever. And this, again, is a prime example of what happens when you're poor and you're black. And we saw the same thing happen during the Hurricane Katrina fiasco and how the government handled the situation and how these poor black Americans were just left to die on top of their roofs or in uh, 40 feet of toxic water. It happens over and over again in this country in the 21st century. But I just wanted to, again, point that out and highlight it. And then when it comes to the water infrastructure, um, as we've been saying, the time to start working on America's water infrastructure is now. Um, we need to bring this conversation into the forefront. We can no longer defer or delay investment. It's only going to result in greater expenses of tomorrow and put a burden on the Americans and the lives and, and, and children who are being born today. I mean, we put so much emphasis on other things. It's time for us to start paying attention to this. On that note, we do have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're coming back to the news roundup right here on Let Your Voice Be Heard. <laughs> 